It was just amazing to see and get recognition for such positivity, you know what I mean, in the widespread media. You know, because people always like to pinpoint on the negatives and everything. But all anything aside, I mean, black girls, they, they ran that thing, like, literally. ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Be Honest. Uh, it's an Olympic edition. I'm, I'm wrapping up my thoughts on the Olympics. I'll get right to it. The biggest story of the Olympics, the Olympics, the games themselves, overshadowed by one Ryan Lochte. And I'm okay with that. Um, on SportsCenter, we had a very interesting discussion with a writer by the name of Kevin Van Valkenburg. Kevin Van Valkenburg wrote an open letter on the undefeated, it's up right now, and it's called Dear Fellow White People. And the letter talked about how the situation with Ryan Lockie was the perfect example of white privilege. Listen to that. What happened with him was the perfect example of white privilege. Now, when I read the article or the open letter, if you will, I immediately thought this makes me uncomfortable. My producer Delina said, Hey, look at this. And we both kind of <laughs> we both kind of rolled our eyes like, Wow, did someone really write this? And more importantly, can we have it on our show? Why not? Well, we were uncomfortable. We were afraid to have this uncomfortable conversation that we all should get comfortable with. We live in a day and age where people are are well aware of the racial tensions in society nothing really changes. History normally repeats itself. And the only reason why I believe it doesn't change is because we don't have these uncomfortable conversations. We all have friends from different races and backgrounds. Everyone knows someone who wasn't raised the way they were raised or isn't necessarily culturally aware as they are. You know, nowadays we say, I'm woke. Well, I'm going to tell you about this open letter written by Kevin Van Valkenburg. He is woke for the folks who are, are hip he is very well aware of what's happening. So we came on the show today, and I'll just read just a few lines from his open letter, which again is up on the undefeated. It says, Dear fellow white people, the 2016 Rio de Janeiro games have brought to my attention that some of us still don't quite grasp what white privilege is. Or even if we do feel like we get the concept, it's still difficult to fully comprehend the way that privilege has set a double standard. That is so infuriating and so disheartening to people of color. My friends at the Undefeated didn't ask if I would take a crack at explaining privilege in the context of the Olympics because I am a particularly enlightened or woke white person. I've just been working in the media for a long time, and this has become an issue that pisses me off to no end. The social tightrope that black athletes have to walk to avoid criticism is absurd, and at the same time, we can't help but always give the white athletes the benefit of the doubt. To that end, he compared the Ryan Lockie situation to Gabby Douglas. Just think about that for a moment. He also said that if Ryan Lockie was 32-year-old Carmelo Anthony, this would be a totally different story. He wouldn't be given the benefit of the doubt. In fact, imagine, this is his words, four black athletes 
quote-unquote, vandalizing a gas station bathroom in Rio, and there were guns pulled out, do you think they would have been arrested? Do you think everyone would have believed the lie or the embellishment, whatever you want to call it? Do you think they would have been given the benefit of the doubt? Kevin says, while telling the story, if it were in the media, which it would have been, you would have heard the word thug used several times when describing these athletes. Now, listen, I agree wholeheartedly. I agree wholeheartedly with what he said. Because consider this. Gabby Douglas was vilified because people thought she was being disrespectful during the medal ceremony by not putting her hand over her heart. They talked about her from top to bottom. But yet there have been instances in which there are other athletes who seemed not attentive during medal ceremonies. But yet still we, we criticize this young girl. She is a kid, right? She's 20-something. That's a kid. 32-year-old Ryan is not a kid. It made me think about this story in so many different ways. Just the double standard that exists. But more importantly, black people continuously write about race. We always talk about race. We bring up the subject on, on my show, on Sports Center Coast to Coast. I have no problem addressing these topics. I'm not uncomfortable talking about them. A little, but I still want to have these discussions. I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable, courtesy of First Take. Shout out to Skip Bayless and Stephen A. I'm not uncomfortable with uncomfortable television. I like awkward TV. Bring it. I like people arguing in front of me, having a healthy debate over content. I'm okay with all of that. And so when I read this article, Dear Fellow White People, I immediately knew that I had to have him on the show. And it made me mad. It kind of pissed me off, too. I say this often. There's something called automatic credibility, which I definitely don't have. In, in the line of business that I'm in, as a black woman on air, I don't get automatic credibility, especially not in sports. It's a male-dominated business. Woman, no. Black, no. Black woman, hell no. For whatever reasons, that's just the way it is. I'm not whining. I'm not saying people are racist. It's just what it is. We have this thing at our job called unconscious bias, where we take these unconscious bias classes to let people such as yourself, myself, let us know where we're biased, but we don't really realize that we have bias. I call it a way to identify your quote unquote racist tendencies, but you don't know you have them because that's true. You may think a certain way by about a certain type of person, and you may not even realize it. You may think all tall people are bossy, and <laughs> you don't even realize it. You may think all short people are meek. I don't know. I'm making up something. That unconscious bias that you just never think about, that exists in the workplace day in and day out. What I've learned from this Ryan Lochte situation, and I, yes, he is getting his punishment, and he is in trouble, if you will, but he'll still make out like a bandit. Reports are he's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. There's still an element of humor about this when he apologized to Matt Lauer and he used words incorrectly. People thought it was funny. He was trying to say childish antics and he said tantics. The word tantics started to trend. 
is just something that I think is fascinating in today's culture. For this writer, Kevin, to look at this entire situation through a different lens, I, I, I applaud him. He said that he had a conversation with his peers because he grew up in Montana and his fellow white friends thought that he was being ridiculous and that he didn't make any sense. And he said he was OK with that because that's the type of conversation you're supposed to have. You have to be OK with everything being awkward. And so I challenge you today, white, black, purple or green, look at everything differently. Don't give it the same narrative. I was one of those people who gave Ryan Locke the, the, the benefit of the doubt. I did. I, I was like, uh, oh, well, that's a kid. And I think that has something to do with his demeanor and how he behaves. He, he behaves childish. When he talks, we don't expect much from him. But no, he lied. As my man Al Roker said, he lied. No, he lied. No, he lied. Stir, stir, stir. That's only for the woke people on social media who saw the video of Al Roker livid with one Billy Bush. So the Olympics was such a teachable lesson. You get all these people from all over the world, different races, different backgrounds, obviously different countries. We come together and the one thing that unifies us, and that's, that's athletic ability. There is no competitive edge. We, we hope we all train the same for the four years to be at our best so that we can compete for our country and win and come home with the medal that we want. But at the end of the day, there is something, I don't know if this is the right word, ironic about celebrating people from all over the world, from different cultures and from different backgrounds, when we're very much still stuck in a place where we judge people based on what they look like, who we think they are. White privilege is real. Privilege, entitlement. Think about it. I don't, I don't even know how to think entitled. People are like, oh, you have a job, you're on TV, you do this, you do that. I don't even, all I know is how to work hard. I don't know anything else. Nothing has ever been given to me. And I'm glad. And I'm proud of that because that's why I will always work hard and always do well. I will never, ever be outworked because that's all I know how to do and that's all I want to do. But I definitely think it's bizarre that here we are wrapping up the Olympic Games and the biggest story is about a kid who embellished who's not a kid. A young black girl who is a kid who may or may not have been paying attention during a medal ceremony. And the outrage didn't even compare. We were more upset with Gabby Douglas, we being the media, vilified, talked about, written about, than we were with Ryan. There is still this easy approach to this story. He's still actually going to make money off of this story. I encourage you all to read the article. Undefeated, dear fellow white people, Kevin Van Valkenburg says we should look at things through a different lens. I definitely did that with him. On to the next story. After the break, we are talking about Olympians. This is a sweet story. This is a highlight of the Olympics. There are many highlights. Let me not exaggerate. There are plenty of highlights, but this is a, a love story. There's love. There's love in Rio. On the other side of the break, uh, I'm going to introduce you to a couple 
they're now engaged, but they got engaged during the Olympics. Be honest. Back in a moment. My next guest, Will Clay, Queen Harrison. The couple got engaged during the Olympic Games. It was right after Will Clay won the silver and the triple jump. Uh, His then-girlfriend was just, you know, minding her business, and he was climbing up to the stands to greet his family and, and thank them for all their support, so she thought. But that's when it happened, folks. They tell the story way better than I do. Without further ado, let's welcome Will Clay and Queen Harrison on Be Honest. We have Olympians in the house. This is a huge deal. So take a moment and understand who we have here. Queen Harrison, thank you so much for joining us thank at Will Clay. You. you guys are great as a couple. You're, you're great individually as athletes. And I think the story really um, took off because there was so much to talk about uh, in terms of uh, scandal and people not necessarily focusing on the games. And then there was this light, this ray of light, and that would be you two. So take me back to the morning, the day, the afternoon that you decided that you would go and propose to Queen Harrison. Man, I woke up and I was just like, dang, today feels good. Like, (laughs) this is about to be a good day. And um, I I was listening to, like, Chance the Rapper. I had him on, like, repeat. Which one? Um, The whole coloring book. But I had one song on repeat. It was... uh, are you ready for your blessings? Blessings. Oh, I love Blessings, that. yeah. And I was like, man, today's going to be the best day of my life. And I just kept telling myself that the whole morning. And um, I was packing up my bag, as I do. You know, I put my uniform in there and my spikes, all that. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put the ring in my bag. And I'm going to take it with me. And um, I was like, this, that's something that I'm, you know, I might do if, if it feels right, you know, at the time. So... Put it in there, and I just walk out the door. Didn't think twice about it. So I get there. I'm, you know, doing my thing on the track. And I see her. I'm watching her in the stands, like, as I'm competing. And I'm, like, in my head, I'm, like, I know I'm in medal contention. So, like, this might really go down. You know, I'm, I might really get this medal and go propose. So I think it was, like, my third or fourth jump. And I looked up there. And, like, we just locked eyes. And I started to, like, my, I started to get teary-eyed. I'm, like, oh, oh no. Let me focus. Like, I was still into the competition, but that moment was just, you know, it was just a special moment. And then, you know, I ended up getting the silver medal. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, they threw me the flag, and uh, I'm, you know, running around trying to find out how to get to her. And there's a, there was like a 20-foot drop in between where the track is and the stands. So I find my way up there. Some fans helped me get up, and... Uh, yeah, I get up there and get down on one knee. It was unexpected. She didn't know. She did uh, your mom know? Did your family? Did your friends know? Nobody knew. Nobody knew. And I think some. I think they felt some like, kind of way about they that. They like kind of upset. Me, like, <laughs> hey, man, you ain't tell me. You know. And, um, I, the, the thing I did feel bad about was that, uh, like, I had talked to her dad a little bit a while ago, but I didn't get to talk to him before that. You know, to really like ask for her hand in marriage, oh, okay. and that was something I felt bad about. But we talked after he was cool. So, okay, so Queen, I'm, I I have to ask him this: When did when did you buy the ring? Mm. How did you know what ring she wanted? Was there any conversation that led to this? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you guys had, you guys just, yeah we've had a, we've had talks yeah, about like future talks. and uh-huh. stuff, uh-huh. and uh, we had we had you know some ring ideas. <laughs> she would send me. She sent me like uh, Tiana Taylor's ring. So 
Iman Sumper, you got a lot to do with this. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, that was kind of the, some of the inspiration and stuff uh-huh. like that. But, uh, yeah, we've had talks about it. Okay, good. So you knew you were getting married. You just didn't know when the when, proposal yeah. was going to happen. I mean, uh, at all. So it was, it was, I felt kind of blindsided, but in the best way possible. You know what I'm saying? It was just like one of those things where, because the 100-meter hurdles were about to go on, and that's what I missed the team in, in that event. And it was so crazy because it kind of, Pulled my focus away from that devastation. For those who don't know, you were on the Olympic team in 2012. And eight. And eight. Yes. And you didn't make it. And so this, in 2016, and so you were upset. It yeah. was devastating. And, yeah. and there was a time in which you thought, maybe I'm not going to go to Rio. Yeah, we had that talk um, initially. All my sisters and everyone kept asking, like, are you still going to go to Rio? But I think what was so devastating about this time was being so close, you know what I mean? And only top three girls. And I got fourth place by a hair. And it was it was just so much going on in the race. And, and the thing about the hurdles are there are 10 barriers you need to clear cleanly, not just run fast. You have to, you know, clean, clear them. And so I had hit a hurdle or two. And, oh. and it was so crazy because in every round, I won every round. And I was so confident going into the finals, you know what I mean? It's one of those things like doing it over I thought if I had the chance to do it over you know would there be a different outcome but you know I know everything happens for a reason so eventually after I got over myself how do you, I was able, how do you get over yourself because that's how it wasn't easy. and you're you're a competitor yeah I mean it wasn't easy especially going down there because you see people that you compete against all the time and you beat them a lot of the times and they beat you sometimes so you look in life all right, that could have been my spot, but you know, it's good, it's good. But because I'm, I'm so happy for our girls, we got all three girls claiming yeah. all the medals. We That's swept that. that so that was the thing about the USA. We knew almost every girl that was in that Olympic trials final, mm-hmm. whatever three we sent, we're going to go and sweep and it. Medals. And yeah. so I'm so happy for those girls. But uh, yeah, I just I just had to take myself out of that and realize this is only one part of my story. And I was I was more than happy and willing to go support William, you know what I mean? And so he comes over, he proposes. You then immediately are thinking what as he's proposing? Is he serious? Like, I'm, I'm like, literally, I hugged his mom. And she's like, you're shaking because we're not, like, private. You know what I mean? Like, people know that we date. Some people. Some people didn't know we dated. Um, so for that to happen in front of all these strangers, yes. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, they all in our business. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it was it was really really cool. So it's, it's a new dynamic between us now because yeah, uh, definitely we're just we've always just been kind of like private people. So so, so yeah. you you private people you private couple decide to do a very public or he decides to do a very public proposal. You did you know that was going to throw her off? Oh yeah, definitely. But the thing is, like I'm I'm really playful. I like to joke. So like there be sometimes we'll just be hanging out chilling, and uh, I'll just get on with me like. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like, be like you ready <laughs> exactly don't be playing with me yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like it could have you know i told her when we talked about it a while ago i was like you know what i don't because women are nosy mm. y'all we are yeah so, we, i like to call it investigators but. investigators uh-huh. so she uh she was trying to dig and find out like when it would happen and I just told him one day, I was like, you know what? I can't tell you a date. You know, I just feel like when God puts that on my heart, mm-hmm. I'll do it. You yeah. know, whenever that time comes. Yeah. And I can't tell you when. And um, that was that was just the day that it, it happened. 
He put it on your heart and you yeah. said yes. So I'm watching all these interviews and I'm watching your response and your reaction. And, and, and um, I think that what was probably the most memorable was the, the genuine surprise. Uh, like I know people made fun of you, but yeah. the genuine <laughs> surprise. Yeah. You were surprised. I you was just so listening, surprised. weren't yeah. you? The memes are, are of you listening. Yeah, of course. I mean... Everyone knows how the internet is. So you can make any face and they've determined this is the scenario around that. But literally, I mean, there were people. I mean, it's so funny. It was people we did not even know. They had the camera like in my face. They're zooming in on the ring. And I, and I was getting distracted and I had to like kind of put us in a bubble because he was saying something so beautiful. And I'm like, I want to absorb this. I really want to hear it. And I guess this is like my thing. <laughs> I'm listening face. But I mean. In that moment, it was feeling like it was just him and I, and I wanted to make that connection amongst all that madness. And it came off as like, mm, you slick. Huh? <laughs> you know you was acting up the other way. <laughs> I don't act up. I don't act up. Hey, you just, that's why I said, I swear to God, the internet is ran, Twitter specifically by black folks. I was like, we just own it. Black Twitter. I was like, black Twitter ain't no joke. I, I need sweet Twitter. Where's sweet Twitter? Shea butter Twitter. And make America sweet Twitter. again, Twitter. Like, because black Twitter is so vicious. <laughs> they keep it running, though. Yeah. They, they keep oh, it I running. They, I, they, keep it, they do keep it running. Yeah. Okay. There was one post that said, um, if she say no, like, I'm about to take this ring back and go grab me a Rolex. Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one. <laughs> and they were going crazy. But I'd break up with her. Would them. you? Like, no. Okay. I'm no, kidding. No, no, she she wouldn't dare say no. Are you she kidding me? Say. You already know. You wouldn't have did all that. But what if she did, though? No, If she did say no? Yeah, no. <laughs> Would you have asked again? If she did say no. Uh, Be real. I would have went back to the track, did my little victory lap. <laughs> you know, I still, I still come out with a dub. I got the medal. <laughs> Had a dub. So, I don't know. She would have. But uh, we would have had to reconvene back <laughs> What's up? I thought we was good. I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I'm uncomfortable. I didn't mean to. But maybe. What if? God. <laughs> I thought we was good. I know. But I'm the type of person that thinks about that stuff. Too. You know, you always got to think about it. In your mind, you're like, so what like, if? What if? Yeah. Can we talk about, and I look, and the fellas did well, but Queen, can we talk about Black Girl Magic at this, this year's Olympics? Oh, my gosh. I mean, women How run the world. Was that? I mean, it was... It was just amazing to see and get recognition for such positivity, you know what I mean, in the widespread media, you know, because people always like to pinpoint on the negatives and everything. But all anything aside, I mean, black girls, they they ran that thing, like, literally. I mean, literally. I mean, wasn't that something special to watch us being celebrated? Watching Simone Biles and Michelle Carter and the the women's hurdlers. hurdlers. Sweep that up. Simone Manuel and swimming. Yes. The Simones did it. The women, uh, I mean, to sweep the podium. I thought that was amazing. I've never been done by any country. And didn't you feel like it was just our time? It felt right. What was that? What was that feeling like there in Rio? Could you could you all really appreciate it? Were you able to celebrate it there? I feel like we did celebrate it, not not as much as it was probably celebrated here back at home. Sure. But um, just to see it in person was like, wow, all of this going on back to back to back to back to back. Like, dang, y'all are really, you know, making noise for you know black women in yeah. a, in the U- in the U.S. And um, it was it was just cool to see. Queen and and, and will this toast for you? You guys competing in the next Olympics? Will you be there in twenty twenty? Twenty twenty, yes. We will be in twenty twenty. With a different cup, two different color medals. Yeah, on we need gold. We need gold now. We're we going for gold. <laughs> yeah, we got everything gold. else. We so, when do we plan to get married? Before the Olympics or after? 
before the next uh, before 2020 yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. for 2020 there's an expiration date on my engagement right now right. uh oh so what happened when it expired we'll get married okay. it has to be a wedding band uh huh okay uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, probably like a year or something. A year from now. Okay, good. It's good to know. I, I think that you guys, and I know that no pressure, but I think you guys uh, don't understand what you really truly meant for the Olympics. It really was a highlight because we were caught up in this drama of Ryan Lockie and uh, can we be in Rio and is it safe? Yeah. And then here we have this shining light. It really truly was. Do you understand? Do you guys see why it, there is a purpose and a plan? Yeah, I think it, it was uh, God ordained definitely for that to happen like that, you know, and uh for us being there, like all the news that we heard, you know, all the negative stuff that we heard was not true. You know, when we were there, everything was amazing. They did it. Um, yeah. I mean, Rio yeah. was, they were amazing hosts. There was you know? no one like getting Zika. There was no one getting robbed. Really? You know, uh, Ryan Lochte said that nonsense that he said. And, yeah. And uh, wasn't true, you know, but nothing happened and it was amazing you know for us to be there like we were just saying we'll go back for vacation oh wow really? yeah, for he sure. said for his bachelor for my bachelor party that's what sure. he said mm-hmm. me and the fellas going back uh-huh yeah uh-huh. we're going back that sure. Queen, how do you oh is it can he go for the back that's off camera we'll okay. talk about that later okay. no i'm just kidding he can go back <laughs> i trust it's, him it's, it's a cool city it's it like is. it's just fun you enjoy it, it. it's a beautiful well like you were talking about the black women though i wanted to i mean our i mean our um influence and like kind of being a light of the games yeah. i mean i think people love black love too you can't even talk about I, that I, like it's, so special. It's, it's it's like a it's you know i mean love in general of course but it's a beautiful it. thing but yeah. then to see that in out in front of you in the mainstream in such a positive light and we're both athletes doing our things separately so now coming to be a little power couple oh yeah i like <laughs> it I'm, and speaking of power tell me about this yes yes this is uh elevate, elevate. Well, collaboration yeah it's a collaboration that the elevate foundation did with queen and, okay uh, she designed the hats and um we're uh all the proceeds go towards charities and things like that and that was just a piece she did for the summer like a cute little you know, because they uh, usually only had hats, so they have like me- all these mints. elevate like snapbacks and sure. fitted caps. And I was like, well, you never do anything for ladies. Like, I mean, I wear a hat, but yeah. But you need your hair to be yeah, able to cute. come I'm out. Style, yeah. So I said, I've been bugging him to do a visor for like a year at least, and then finally he's like, all right, Queen, like let's do it together. <laughs> let's you know, let's do it as a collaborative effort. Elevate Foundation is yeah. whose foundation? It is mine, Tell and it was it. just something that I started because uh, it, it plays in on the side of me being a jumper, you know, Olympic long right. jumper, triple jumper, but at the same time, just seeking constant growth in my life and always trying to find a way to better myself yeah. in whatever I'm doing. And um, I wanted to be able to motivate other people to do the same thing, you know, and um, just to live that lifestyle, you know, just have elevate as a word that you think of every day when you wake up. You know, even the smallest things when you wake up, like, I just want to do this better today. You know, every day I want to do this better. And when you look up, you know, you're going to be you'll you'll be living your dreams. You know, if you live your life like that. And um, that was just something that I wanted to to bring out. And I'm really into, you know, fashion and Mm -hmm. clothes and something like that Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So (laughs) that is a way that, you know, I can do my part to it's your platform you know, yeah. more to say I love elevate. it elevate yeah. I'm using this guys so when y'all yeah. see me on Instagram I'm gonna tag y'all hashtag right. elevate I'm like right. 
Don't forget little mama. I, I really, truly am happy for you guys. It's, and I'm not kidding. You are coming back to work with us. Yeah. However you can work with us, whatever capacity. That's We're not just empty words. We always, we do, we always honestly are looking for athletes to do that. It's so hard to find, especially Ooh. women. women. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard for us. She's perfect. In this, I can tell. I'm already, <laughs> I'm already in love. She could do it. I appreciate the way you guys celebrate each other. I appreciate your love. Thank you so much for being on Beyond. Thanks for having Thank us. Okay, so Queen Harrison and Will Clay will be married before 2020. I'll do a follow-up in 2020 if Be Honest is still a podcast. We should have a show by then. Shout out to my producers. Um, speaking of shows, Sports Center Coast to Coast, two hours, not one hour, but two hours of Carrie Champion and David Lloyd. I know you cannot wait to hear about this. Um, it starts September 6th. Football season in full effect. Two hours, 11 a.m. Eastern. 11 a.m. Eastern till 1 p.m. Set your DVRs. Watch us. We're going to continue to have these conversations. Conversations that I have, I'm be honest, they are now on SportsCenter. That comfortable, uncomfortable conversation. I want to get you comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. I'm going to change the world. We're doing that through sports stories. Think about that, folks. Again, Coast to Coast will be two hours starting September 6th. And that means that's 11 a.m. to 1 Eastern. Check it out. Everyone have a good weekend. It's Friday. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Be Honest with Carrie Champion. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash PodCenter.